0: and for other people who are listening to my podcast.
1: So go check it out. Hey everybody, it's Tara Bryan and you are listening to the Course Building Secrets Podcast. Hey guys, so I wanted to give you the top 10 things that I learned by going on a mastermind cruise in the middle of the Eastern Caribbean with 300 of my awesome entrepreneurial friends. And um, and so I thought that would be valuable for this episode of the Course Building Secrets podcast. So I am going to go through 10 things. This uh, episode may be a little bit longer because I'm going to go through 10 things, um, but hopefully it's valuable to you as you kind of take a little bit of a behind the scenes look at what happened on this cruise. So the very first thing I will start with is I was on uh, Russell Brunson's uh, 2CCX marketing cruise. So again, it was about 300 entrepreneurs and uh, we were in the Eastern Caribbean on uh, the Royal Caribbean and, um, and so such a fun time. And one of the things that he does, this is my second cruise that I've taken with this group, and one of the things that he does is a midnight mastermind. So we all get together Wednesday evening at midnight, and we go to the kind of the big, there's like a big um, theater. We go to the theater, and Russell gives us some value bombs that he has had on his mind for quite some time and so sometimes it's you know taking something from his book sometimes it's new teaching sometimes it's just a new concept that he wants to teach for the very first time so this year he actually asked us all to wear our pajamas so that was super fun because it was midnight and we were all exhausted and there we are in our pajamas or robes if we had those in our room and we all got together at midnight. It was it went until about two o'clock in the morning. So, on this particular session, Russell was talking about building a framework, and I love frameworks. They're like my favorite thing. It's like my love language, right? Because when we talk about creating a course, or even you know whatever it is that you're doing, your one-on-one service, your product, your your whatever, what happens is you are building it around the thing that you're teaching, right? So that thing that you're teaching is a framework. So it's the steps that you're taking someone on. It's the the pieces that you have compiled that allow you to teach someone else or get someone else results when they're working with you. And so it's really looking at how do you develop that framework and what does that look like? So his session was all about frameworks. So that's my number one thing is develop your framework. So you look at whatever it is that you do and what you want to do is really look at it as a system, as a process, as a framework that will allow you to repeat what it is that you're um, teaching or coaching or doing whatever you're doing with, with the person or people that you're helping into a framework. And so what that does is it gives you something that's tangible. That's your thing. It's your unique way of looking at how to solve a particular problem or challenge that somebody has. That's your framework. So if you teach somebody mindset and you teach them this first step of what to do in this process all the way to the last step, that's your framework. So what you want to do is you want to build that out, call it a framework, Give it, give it, you know what, a name, like for me, it's learning experience design framework or online course framework or, um, the high ticket sales framework, whatever it is, right? Give it a name and it is the system that you are running somebody through each and every time you're helping to solve their problem. So that was the very first thing is think about what you're teaching or what you're doing as a framework. And this seems simple, but uh, I would say eight out of 10 people don't actually uh, have their thing sort of packaged as a thing, right? It's like, well, I work with people and they, you know, come in and we have a call and I help them out. And, you know, it's just really organic based on, you know, what their needs are, what their problem is or whatever. And, And while that's all great, if you can define your framework and give it some structure. What you're able to say to someone is, you know what, I can help you solve that problem. And I've done it with many, many other people by going through this particular framework. That's mine that I own. And it helps you to lead with a place from a place of authority and a place as an expert. So work on building out that framework. And again, so often you already have it. You may just not have it packaged as steps in a process or part of a bigger thing. So definitely define that. If you're looking for help for that, let me know. That is one of the things that we do, right? I said that's my love language. Like I love frameworks. And so I can help you identify what your framework is within the thing that you're doing. All right, so that was number one. Number two, um, we had many, many speakers throughout the week. I actually happened to be one of them, which was so much fun, um, which is probably a topic for another podcast episode. But um, but we had many speakers, and the and one speaker that we had actually talked about how your style is part of your attractive character. So an attractive character is how you present yourself out into the market, right? So people are attracted to you because of how you're leading, what your messaging is, how you show up, right? And so all of that is great and that's in your message, that's in your you know, videos you're putting out there, that's in um You know all your collateral all of your branding all of that but what was interesting in the way that they took it in was that your style what you wear and how you come across your style is all part of that attractive character and really being intentional with how you show up when you are stepping into your place as the attractive character so they said two things that i thought were really insightful One was you're not always your attractive character, right? Like you do not have to be on all the time if you are, you know, um, if that's part of your thing as your attractive character. So there is a friend of mine and I love him dearly, but he is one of those people that his attractive character is like way over the top. Constant energy, constant noise, just Like I said, just completely over the top. And you know what? Here's the deal is that like that's how he presents himself when he is out being the attractive character. But he's not like that 24-7, right? He is actually a normal human being majority of the time. But when he steps out to be his attractive character, he is bigger and louder and more obnoxious in a loving way than he is and his natural persona, right? And so when you think about that, the way that you're showing up is how you're showing up as an attractive character. So you're not always that attractive character, but when you are, put yourself in that place. And then number two, that what you're wearing and how you're showing up in that way actually makes a huge difference, right? So if you want to be Uh, more casual in how you're showing up as the attractive character, then wear casual clothes. If you want to be more professional and formal and buttoned up, then wear those clothes, right? Don't show up in a formal environment in a pair of t-shirts and flip-flops if that's not your attractive character, right? Because the people who are going to be attracted to you aren't the same people, that you want attracted to you if you are not showing up in that way. And so the way that you dress makes a huge difference. So, so often like this is super easy when we're going to formal networking events or we're going to a client site or we're doing whatever, right? Like we tend to dress appropriately, but think about like, if you're going to a conference, say you're going to an industry conference and you show up and you are not, dressed appropriately with your attractive character then what happens is there's a distant dissonance there and people aren't going to be attracted to you because of the there's it's just not it's not congruent and so really looking at that and making sure that even if it's a conference where you're there learning you are also presenting yourself as the attractive character so I thought that was really insightful in terms of being um, able to pay attention to how you're showing up, um, also in how you're dressing. All right, so the third one, um, Jim Edwards was speaking, and if you have not had the pleasure of being in Jim's world, he is an amazing copywriter. He has a book called Copywriting Secrets. He has a couple of other things that he has available to help people with copywriting. One of the things he was talking about is telling stories. And, you know, I, we do a lot of storytelling in courses and in messaging around courses, right? Because it's super important. It's the human element that we need um, our learners to connect emotionally um, and be motivated with what we're teaching and how they're learning. So they, it connects, right? Like if you are not engaged um, in your emotions, you are not going to connect. So um, one of the things that he said I thought was brilliant was that when you're looking for stories to bring forward, the places that you need to look is in places where you feel like you've hit rock bottom. That doesn't need to be where the story starts, but that's a really good place to start looking for stories that are going to have a lot of impact. And that for me just really hit home because I feel like that's the hardest thing for me to do, even if it's my origin story or some other type of story is like, what are the good stories? What are the things that I have that, um, you know, like from my past or from different situations that would be really good stories to tell? And I tend to tell, I tend to think of them from like when the story is over or, you know, once upon a time when it began. Um, but when you look at, The impactful part of stories, if you start with places in your life where you've hit rock bottom, and I say that with air quotes, like whatever that means to you, um, and then wind yourself back, like how did that, how did that start, and then what was the transformation and ascension that happened as as a result of that? So you can go backwards and tell the story from the beginning. You can start from that place of rock bottom, or you can start from the place of transformation. But identifying your story for the first time in that place of struggle and, and you know, sense of being at, at rock bottom is a great way to start looking at stories that you have to tell and that you have to offer. So I thought that was such a great nugget. All right, number four, um, I, I love, so Stephen Larson, uh, if you have not had the privilege of hearing Stephen, go check him out. Uh, stevejlarson.com or OfferMind or OfferLab or he's got lots of different things but he was talking about the value ladder and how the middle of your value ladder and that's what we talk about the signature online course right like your sort of bread and butter product is in the middle of the value ladder right that's your signature that's the, the biggest kind of piece that you have but what he was talking about was on the top of your value ladder is actually your entrepreneurial payday So when you think about building out your core product, your signature product, it's actually the the foundational element of what's driving your business. So it's sort of your business engine, if you will. And then anything that you're doing over and above that as you're ascending people um, up your value ladder is really where the income generation and wealth building comes into play. Right. So if you think about, you know, you want 300 people in your core course, that's just to to drive the engine of the business, to um, pay people to to, uh, work in the business, to drive advertising and sales, to, uh, you know, customer service um, experience type things. Right. So that's the engine that's making your whole business run. And then once you ascend people up to the top, that's when you're building wealth and um, an income that's helping you to go to the next level. So, so often, and I made this mistake in my business is, you know, I was growing and scaling the business and I was like, well, what's, what gives, right? So our core product is custom services. And so in order for me to grow, I had to grow complexity of the business. I had to grow infrastructure. I had to grow team. I had to grow all these different things. And so there was no leapfrog up to the next level without adding that level of complexity. So the way that he was talking about it was brilliant because it's like, well, of course, when you have your core thing, that's driving the the engine of the business. And then the next thing, the thing that you're sending people to the higher ticket piece is, excuse me, um, that. That next piece is where you see that leapfrog happen, where you um, can can actually, you know, build wealth in a different way. So I love that. Um, I thought that was a super powerful piece and just a small nugget of what he had to say. Um, All right. So Mark Stern was talking about um, building authority uh, and what a great framework. So, so in talking about building authority and specifically building online authority, that it's a little bit different than building authority offline. And the three pillars that he talks about is expertise, visibility, and confidence. And I think the, the, biggest, the biggest nugget for this is, you know, you have to develop all three of these things online and be really vocal about it. And it's about you declaring that you are an authority online on your topic, less about earning that um, authority as you would kind of in an offline environment, right? So you earn authority offline or in your business by the things that you do, by your reputation, by people coming to you and uh, referrals, and you know, just just being present offline when you're online, you actually have to declare that way more visibly, um, but you need to do it yourself. So, while a lot of the assets and and collateral and branding and all of that, you know, sort of proof is happening as you're collecting that offline or online, um, you're leading with your ability to be the attractive character and, and declare your authority online and then backing it up with all of sort of the proof, um, and, um, and accolades and everything else that you would get either on online or offline, but really looking at building out expertise, visibility, and confidence as you are declaring it online. So I thought that was, um, a really strong piece, um, in the difference between what you're doing offline, like in your brick and mortar business or, Um, in your practice versus what happens when you transition to building more of an online business. All right. Number six, uh, Daniel Din. uh, What a great talk. So one of the things that I've been studying a lot is experience economy. So we are moving from sort of the economy of things, right, the consumer economy to the economy of experiences. So people are craving experiences like crazy, right? It's less about collecting things and having things and more about what experiences we're having and how we are able to engage with other people through experiences. So this idea of an experience economy is a huge differentiator for companies that are able to get this Um, and nail this down. So what he had to say, I thought was fascinating. He said, different is the new better. Quality is expected. So what a powerful statement. When we are working on a project or we are helping customers, quality is expected. It is expected that we are You know, we have the expertise and we're able to deliver a solution for somebody's challenge or problem that they have. And we're able to do it in a way that provides them the level of quality that they're expecting. That's just table stakes. That's not extra anymore, right? We have access to so many things and it's not about quality, it's about what is it that we're offering that's a little bit different than someone else. And really, what that means is how are we specifically creating a customer experience or a learner experience or whatever it is that we're creating, how do we create an experience that engages them and helps them become um, more part of what we're doing? So an example of this, which I think is brilliant, is when you look at coffee. Right, I, I don't think that there's anyone who's there going to argue any of this. And so, if you buy coffee beans, they're like I don't know a couple cents to the dollar, right? For coffee beans, if you go to um, a diner or a restaurant, you can get a cup of coffee, and that's probably I don't know a couple bucks, two bucks maybe, um, to get served a cup of coffee. So you go from coffee beans, which are a couple of cents on the dollar, to getting served a cup of coffee, and the, you know that's about two bucks. Or you go to a place called Starbucks and you pay up to six or seven dollars for a cup of coffee. Like what is the difference right? And the difference is the experience that you get in you know one versus versus the other. And so people are willing to to pay for experiences. they're willing to to do extra, pay extra, be a part of something extra when there's an experience involved because people crave it people want connection they want experience um and it's a huge differentiator in the marketplace in terms of how do you stand out and so you know experience design is something that we talk a ton about right because that is is near and dear to my heart is how do you create a learning experience that really provides somebody the ability to be successful And so, you know, that's what this whole podcast is about. And we're going to be talking a lot more about this as we move forward. Um, But experiences are key. And so how do we build those? How do we get people involved? And what does that look like? Um, Myron Golden talked. And every time that man opens his mouth, all I do is listen. Because he always drops complete value bombs. Um, But the one thing that, that I took away from what he said... Um, this week was you need to decide not choose so I have some big decisions coming up and the difference between a decision and choosing is a decision is to cut off from anything else right you are deciding which means that you are deciding one thing or the other you cannot decide two things you have to decide which means you need to cut off once you've made a decision and that was really important for me because I needed to hear that. I needed to decide and make it a, a clean cutoff. Um, I am not choosing. I am not um, sort of waffling. I am deciding. And so I love to hear that because um, it's like creating a covenant. It's it's not something that's negotiable. It's you decide and everything else is is cut off and goes away, so that was a, a super strong nugget that he shared. The other key thing, which is number eight, is make more offers. I think so often, especially as course creators, we are working on you know our marketing materials and our sales materials and how we're going to launch and all of our. Um, you know, all of our learning materials, where is it going to live? And the videos and the beta and all these things. And the problem is that we get lost in that and we don't make any offers. And I'm guilty of this as well. And so when he said that, I was like, "Uh uh-huh, I just need to make more offers. I just need to be out there making offers and not worry about the rest of it. So if you have a tendency to be in that procrastination, um, mindset or perfectionism mindset, the biggest key is to make more offers because if you're not making offers, nobody can buy what you have to give. And at the end of the day, that's way more important than your videos and your training and everything else is that you're able to offer somebody a solution to something that they're struggling with. And so if you need to hear this, if you need to put something away Because you're struggling with how to do it or the minutia of it or even the perfectionism of it, just put it away and make an offer. Because if you make the offer and if you're serving people, then everything else will show up. So if you are like me and needed to hear that message, there you go. There it is. So make more offers. Okay, number nine. We're almost there. Number nine is to build a tribe And to give as much as you get. Like, you guys, I was on this cruise with 300 of my people. Um, I am so grateful and so thankful that I was able to find a community of people who are just as passionate and geeky as I am at, at helping other people and building a business and really looking at scaling it through technology and... Cal, you guys, the conversations, the late night uh, mastermind sessions, the dinner conversations, the drink conversations, everything. If you are out there meeting people who are like minded, who are you know just as crazy as you, to get on a ship in the middle of the Eastern Caribbean and talk about business, um, find it, embrace it, and love it because you know. <sighs> it was funny. We were, I think we were up by the pool and we all have our notebooks out and our books out and we're drinking water and we're all just geeking out and masterminding. And we looked around and like, there are all these people who are on these, on the cruise you know, drinking cocktails and, you know, in the hot tub and whatever. And that was awesome. And I love that they were all on vacation, but they looked at us probably like we were crazy because we were just talking business and just geeking out and loving it. And, you know, more power to them for not doing that. But like, if you have that opportunity, take advantage of it. Find a community of people who are just as excited to be a part of something bigger and um, and who want to geek out, right? Like it's so fun, but I'm so thankful to have found this this tribe, this group of people and it makes all the difference in the world in terms of success or kind of spinning, you know, doing things or not doing things. Um, so I encourage you to find that group and um, and embrace it and enjoy it and just run with it. Um, just so many great conversations were had um, throughout the week, and number ten, I will say the you know one of the biggest things about the week was to be really clear about the difference between strategy and tactics. So often, I think that it's easy to get lost in the tactics in the how do you do something versus the strategy, which is really looking at the what and the why. Of something that is happening. And when you're teaching, especially when you're trying to get people to um, really embrace and see what you have to offer, you want to lead with the strategy and not with tactics. So think about, you know, sort of the big picture versus the little details think about the 10,000 foot view of the forest versus the individual trees in the forest and really being able to differentiate between the two um, will really help you in your marketing messaging in your sales messaging, even in your webinar and different ways that you're helping draw people to you is to be talking about the strategy and leave the tactics, leave the how, uh, for your course, right? So strategy is is in front of the um, payment wall, St- uh, tactics and how to do it is behind. So really think about that as you're building out the two sides of your online course business, which is, you know, one is the strategy, Here's here's the framework, here's the big picture of, you know, why and what, how we, you know, go through this process from a big picture standpoint. And then the details live, um, in, in the course itself, in the program itself that you're teaching. So there you go, like a longer episode, but the top 10 things that I took away from being on a cruise ship with 300 of my awesome entrepreneurial friends. And hopefully this serves you. If you are looking to really start to build out your framework for your online course, um, or your online product, and you're really looking for a group of people, a tribe, a, a, a group that can help you bring all of this to fruition. Let me know in the show notes. I have a couple different ways for you to get involved. Best way to get involved would be Tara Brian live on Facebook. That is a great, um, community where you'll you kind of be able to get immersed in this world and see what it is that we're doing. All right. In the meantime, would love for you to share this podcast episode and the podcast in general with other people so we get the word out. And if you enjoyed it, go ahead and, um, and give a rating. And like I said, share it as much as possible. All right. Take care and we'll talk to you next time. Hey everybody, wanted to come on at the end of this episode and let you know about an event that's coming up in August of 2023. So we are super excited to announce the second annual Gamify My Course Camp five-day challenge that's coming up. It is totally free. And listen, what it's going to do is help you think about how do you add participation? How do you add more engagement and opportunities for your people to actually get results in your online programs? And each day we're going to jump on live with actionable tips for you to be able to do that. So I would love to invite you to sign up for the Gamify My Course camp